Hello, and welcome to episode 36 of North Point Plus. We're back. We're back. We're back at it. Back and better than ever. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> we're back and we're here. Well, yeah. We'll see if we're better. Better than, than yesterday. <laughs> exactly. We will probably be better than the next week. Yeah. Better than ever. I don't know. Uh, this is our follow-up podcast for those that are that are new to this. Uh, we do this every week. Uh, we gather together on Sundays. We have worship. We dive into the Word. We hang out with each other. And then this podcast just keeps the party going. So we get Absolutely. to dive into some questions, have some good conversation, and, and hang out with you. So thanks for tuning in. Uh, Rick, we are a few weeks into our series called Who Cares? Who and Cares? Yesterday, we spent a lot of time talking about pie. That's right. Why are we talking about pie? Love the pie. Pray, invest, and invite. Yeah. I, 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 it's an acronym that I think works a ton when we think about um, just being authentic in terms of our relationship with Jesus yeah. and being authentic with people that are far from God, yep. that allow, that makes it easy for God to work, for the Holy Spirit to work. When we pray for people, we invest in them, and then ultimately we invite them to to experience Jesus to see Jesus working in their lives. Yep. Yeah, I think it's such a cool concept to have to have this really memorable thing and to remember that like we've been talking about this whole time, this is not a formula. This is nope. not a process. This is not a project. So it's not like when you pray once, you're done praying, and then you just invest, and then when right. you're done investing, then you move on to inviting, and then you're done. Then you're done right. with the whole thing. You've checked the box. Uh, I love thinking about it like it's just, it's pray Pray again, invest, Brand. go yep. back to praying, keep investing, invite, go back to praying, and keep investing, and keep inviting, and it's this, just this continual thing of that's what life with Jesus is like. Yeah, we tend to want a formula. We tend to want yep. a thing that we can check off and say, okay, I'm good, I've done that. And, and really what we're talking about is doing life with people that we yeah. care about, about and and interacting with them about the thing that we care the most about yeah. and and just making that natural just yeah. just letting that happen naturally yeah yeah i loved it so um during your message uh on sunday we talked about this uh, what it looked like for some of the disciples to have this yeah. kind of organic invitation of we're not inviting you to come to synagogue we're not inviting you to come to a formal event we just come and see jesus you right. know, this really cool tangible examples of what it looked like for them to have their lives radically turned upside down and the normal out overflow of that is you you gotta yeah. come see this guy yeah yeah that the, um it just in terms of watching him listening to him seeing him uh, interact with people it would there was something incredibly compelling mm. that that they said you can't miss this yeah 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 it's good stuff so we got some really good questions i'm excited to dive into these um we got a, a question from Kate where she wants to talk about the person of peace. Yeah. So you brought this up. Uh, this was in Luke 10 where Jesus is sending out yep. the 72 and talks about this concept of go to a home and offer peace. And if peace, if your peace is accepted or if your peace is, 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 is uh, oh, I forget the wording that's there. If your peace stays, uh, yeah. if then your peace stay. stays with those people, yeah. Yeah. And if it's not, get out, go find somewhere else. So right. Kate wants to know, and I, I'm curious too, because this is such a weird concept where you yeah. even said in your message, like, this isn't like language that we use with each other. Like, right. oh, my mom is a person of peace. <laughs> like, we just don't talk about each other that right. way. So what is, what's the biblical understanding of person of peace? Yeah, um, it helps, uh, I think, to have a little bit of historical uh, context. Yeah. And, and f I, I didn't do a ton of uh, research into the historical context for it, yeah. but I first became aware of it probably five to seven years ago 
when um, there was a movement among a lot of churches that was called missional, the, the missional movement of churches. Yeah. And it was really designed to say, what you need to do is go into your world and start a church in your world. If that's at the dojo, that's great. If that's at, at the club, that's great. If that's in a, in a um, musical setting or at work or wherever, on the soccer field, that you're really working to be on mission for Jesus mm. and to start a church there. And a part of that whole missional concept was the, this concept that's there in Luke 10 and, and Matthew 10, that um, in, in terms of looking at the Scripture to say, okay, how do you do that? And basically what you look for is people that will respond back to you. Mm. So in this passage of Scripture, it really talks about, uh, again, historical context, there weren't like holiday inns for people to stay <laughs> with. So when Jesus sends the 72 out... Um, he says, don't take lots of extra stuff. Go and right. be dependent upon people. And so go and make a connection with, with someone. And, and, and he says, say to them, peace be on your house. And if that peace stays with them, if they don't throw you out, essentially, right. then go ahead and take advantage of their hospitality and connect with them because they have some level of interest mm -hmm. in who you are, in what you're doing, in um, the message that you're talking about. And, and just function in that, um, in that environment, in that yeah. setting, in that closeness. And so I think when you decontextualize that and say, okay, we do have holiday inns now, so right. um, <laughs> I don't need to just kind of, um, when I'm traveling to Schenectady, New York, <laughs> look around and say, hey, can I come stay at your house? Um, peace be on your house. <laughs> um, it, it, the, the, when you decontextualize that and say, okay, how does that fit into our culture and contextualize it there? It really is this sense of when you're interacting with people, when you feel like, as you reach out to them, when you begin to invest in them and connect with them and they respond positively to that, mm. man, lean into that. That's yeah. that's probably the easiest description of that. Yeah, I think looking at it, I mean, taking it at face value, a person of peace is a person absent of conflict. Right. <laughs> not having that conflict. And it's not to say they have no conflict in their life, but it is to say like in terms of this relationship in the context of building life together, doing life together, investing in one another, having that absence of some sort of conflict. And this is where I think the natural question comes into play. So I'll, I'll read their question because I think it's the, it's the next logical question. Yeah. So regarding the, the people of peace concept, does this just mean that if someone in our circle treats us poorly or they don't like us, do we just, in essence, say, and I love this wording. This is like this is like I wrote this question. I, I wondered if you did. <laughs> I asked. I, yeah. I did not. But it's word. If I wrote it, I would write it like this. <laughs> in essence, do we just say to that person, "Well, screw you. You're going to hell," and we just move on and give up? So I think yeah. that's the that's the logical question of if, if they're not a person of peace, if there's some conflict, does the Bible say to just move on, to just give up from that person? Is that what we're saying? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> in, in word, no. Um, in part because what Jesus was really saying to the, to the 72, you're going into a place where you don't know people. Mm. So it's not talking about the relationships that you currently have. Yeah. We're not talking about your family members. We're not talking about your husband or wife. Um, <laughs> we're, yeah. we're talking about new kinds of relationships. Mm. And maybe the best uh, let, let me just um, backpedal a second and say, there are some people when you meet on the soccer field when, when, when your kids are playing or, uh, you know, at Bigby or whatever, 
that you feel an immediate connection to. Mm -hmm. And there are other people that you kind of reach out to and it's like, okay, you don't really want to talk to me. That's okay. You're not a person of peace. Yeah. Um, but uh, the, the, the people who open up and, and create that opportunity, that's, that is that person of peace. Yep. So what happens with the people in, uh, how, where do you go to Scripture to say, okay, what do we do with the people that make us mad, that we're in conflict with, that have right. a different perspective, all of those things? Because, uh, and, and again, let me just say, this is not to say someone who agrees with you on everything. Right. It, that, that it's, it's not to say, oh, you're in perfect harmony about everything. They just <laughs> right. don't know Jesus yet. It's not that at all. Um, it, what, what, you, what you do is, uh, when you look at Scripture for the people who are in your life that you're in conflict with, um, you look at other Scripture that says, forgive, mm -hmm. forgive, forgive. Lots we've, we, yeah, we've been extended grace, extend grace, and and to know that in the graciousness that that we live in, mm -hmm. um, that there is an opportunity to to uh, introduce somebody to Jesus, to the grace of Jesus, by the way that we respond to them, rather than necessarily taking a hard line and beating them over the head. Right. Yeah, and I think it's it, again, this goes back to our our, our formula. We like the formula. If they were mean to me. I guess they're. I guess yeah. they're done. <laughs> they're, they're they're a person of war. <laughs> uh, and that's where we go back to pie. Yeah. Keep praying. Right. How God? How can I invest in this person's life when every time I talk to them, they're biting my head off. They're yeah. they're complaining about something. They're, we just disagree on this political issue. We just disagree on this family issue. Whatever it might be, that's an issue to go back to prayer for. And to continue to ask God, how do I invest? How do I? And maybe it's a matter of okay, now because you're. Now my relationship looks different with you because of how it's approached, and you're not really a person of peace. And so now maybe my relationship needs to look different because of family dynamics, but it right. doesn't mean screw you, you're going to hell, deuces, right? <laughs> I'm off to heaven. It just means my the way I invest has to adapt, has to look right. different, has to be bathed in prayer continually. Um, yeah, so it's not a it's not a get out of who cares free card <laughs> right <laughs> where we're just like well they were mean whatever <laughs> yeah the the um the you know the just i i guess i keep coming back to trying to paint the picture of what this what this person looks like mm -hmm. because we don't typically think in these terms um if if you're out walking your dog and you're walking through DeWitt or St. John's or Langsburg or wherever it is Lansing and and you walk your dog at the exact same time mm -hmm. And you do that every night, all the time. Yep. After some period of weeks, you're going to find some other people who are also walking their dog in that same vicinity, at that same time that you're gonna that you're gonna connect with. Well, um, you know, you may walk by them five or six times, and then sometime you have a conversation about, you know, what their dog's doing or right. whatever. You just start to make small talk, and um, and the more you do that the more opportunity there is for them to say, oh, thank you very much. I don't really want to let you into my life. Or for the conversation to grow a little bit and for you to have the sense that these, are, these people are really interesting. And then, and then right. the relationship begins to grow. Again, that's that concept of person of peace mm. and, and, and leaning into that um, as opposed to the people that just walk by, you walk by, you walk by, you walk by, you walk by, you, walk by right. you over and over and over again. Yeah, I think it's it's important to remove it from our minds that it's a person of peace is someone that doesn't bring 
and I, I introduced the word conflict earlier, so I'm trying to clarify. Right. Conflict, not in the sense of disagreement, because some of the best right. people of peace in my life are the people that I disagree with vigorously on some important things, and those are people that bring benefit to my life. Right. Um, so it's not like we think of person of peace as a person that's absent of all frustration and not, absent yeah. of all all types of conflict, and that's it's more about receptiveness to yeah. an investment of relationship, not well, they voted for that person, so yeah, <laughs> they're not a person of peace. Yeah, and again, I probably bigger context. We just want to make sure we're not the person of conflict. Mm. <laughs> that's too convicting. <laughs> Let's yeah. move on. Okay. <laughs> no, that's good. Uh, and so the the next question kind of feeds right into the same concept about the the person of peace. So the, um, this person, I thought it was interesting. The the name that they provided is someone who's a little bit discouraged. Yeah. And I f- feel that you feel that when you're entering into this this concept of of sharing Jesus of yeah. of investing in people and it just seems like you keep doing it and you keep investing and you keep investing and it's like <sighs> there's nothing happening there's no progress uh so this person asks so as long as the ones that we invite into our lives are willing to do life together do we just keep doing it even if they're not open to Jesus they're open to the church they're not open to any of that stuff that we're bringing to the table we just they say, do we just keep on keeping on? I, I think that the answer to that is if you're doing life um, with someone over an extended period of time and there's no pain in that person's life or in your life, mm. um, man, tell me who you are. <laughs> <laughs> because I think what, what will happen is over the months, over the weeks that become months, that become years or whatever, somebody's going to go through a crisis. Mm. And if it's you and you're authentic about that, that opens up the opportunity when I talked about investing in someone by allowing them to serve you, um, that opens up that kind of opportunity for for them to help out in some way when you're going through that crisis. If the crisis is in their life, um, there's a huge opportunity to just reach out and help meet needs, to help serve them in, in some really cool ways. Um, I would think that if you're really doing life and not just operating at, at a surface level, that there's going to be opportunities to have conversations that it's like, wait, what did you say? I've never thought that before. Or why do you think that? The, all the things that I talked about in, in terms of learning somebody's history, their hurts, their heart, yeah. um, those kind of things, those are going to create an opportunity for your relationship to go deeper. Yep. And and in the context of that, Jesus is going to bubble through there somewhere. Yep. But uh, I would say this, it's not this is not a recipe for a um 3 month turn. <laughs> uh, you know, again it's back to what we've talked about before. This is not to make people a project. Right. Um you're you're when you when you invest in somebody you're investing for the long haul hmm. and um i i think if i could tell a, a story a story time story with story time with rick story time with rick i i think back to um when i was in college i had a friend who had lots of dysfunction in in their home when they were growing up hmm. and um a lot of pain a lot of hurt and um and Deb, Deb called her a porcupine. She was the you know the kind of person you just get close to, and then all the needles would jab. Mm. Um, and um, 
And the thing that I found that, that I really learned in my relationship with her was when I was ready to walk away, and that happened several times when I, it was like, I'm just through with this. I, it's too much work, whatever. Inevitably, she would say to me, why do you stay my friend? Hmm. Why, why do you do what you do? I went to Christian college. She was a Christian. I was a Christian. Yeah. So it wasn't like the answer is, oh, Jesus. Um, yeah. it, it really was because I, I care about you. Yeah. Um, and, and, the, and the takeaway for me was when we never know when we're ready to walk away, when they're right. Hmm. It, it oftentimes seems like people push us away. They're at the. They're right at the precipice of of, of their life changing, yeah. and if we just don't give up, right. um, God does something great. Yeah. Well, I think. I mean, if, <laughs> for a lot of this, I mean, the, the I like that we've constructed around this question of who cares because the the question, the answer to the question is God cares, right? And so I care, and so I look at the relationships in my life or in this person's life where it's just like it's this droning it's like it feels like there's nothing happening we're just doing life together and i think of like gosh jesus loved me in a like right when it was very frustrating like yeah when there was a not just a lack of progress when there was negative progress in my life and jesus loved me through that and loved me through me spitting on his face and just you know not caring about God or anything like that and the the example that we have of love is a love that perseveres and is steadfast patient kind never fails is just yeah. perfect and that's not to shame us to say like oh you're so bad cuz you don't love like like of course I can't love as perfectly as Jesus loves but that's the model that I have right. that I that we can look to and say like even in this like that's I mean, that's if you're having honest conversations with your friend, that's an that's something you can say is like, I'm not going to be able to love you perfectly, right? And I know someone that can. Like, I know in my relationship with Jesus that when I've messed up, when I've just fallen and fallen and fallen and tripped up, that Jesus is always there, right beside me, picking me up, loving me through that. And I'm sorry that I can't do that yeah. all the time for you. <laughs> I think too. Oftentimes, when we feel like we're in a relationship with somebody that we desperately want to come to know Jesus, and they're just kind of pushing you away, but they're there, they're still engaged. I think that there's a challenge for us to think, okay, how do I reset the stage? How, how do I create a new opportunity to have a different kind of experience? Yeah. Um, and and with, with one friend of mine in particular, it really was a long time that we had lots of conversations, and he just kept pushing me away. Hmm. And I thought, I think what I want to do is just see if we can go spend a day together mm. and, and doing something fun. And yeah. we did. And that really was a, a significant turn because instead of having a half hour or an hour or a couple of hours where all of our families were together, it was yeah. just he and I. And in that context, we were able to have a completely different kind of conversation. And yeah. so, again, that's back to the prey invest part to say, okay, is there a different way of investing? God, show me, show me what needs to happen. And to, and to not just get frustrated and walk away, but to think, um, God's working. There's got to be a different, I, I, maybe I just need to take a different approach. Yeah. Well, this, I think this brings up a question too, of like, I think (laughs) the world takes a totally different perspective on this 
where if your relationships are frustrating, if there's people that are disagreeing with you, if there's a relationship that's just not going anywhere, walk away. This culture says walk away. You don't need it. You need yep. to take care of yourself. You need to prioritize yourself. You don't need that negativity in your life. You don't need that family member. Build boundaries, blah, 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 blah. It's not to say the boundaries aren't good. Right. It's not to say that taking care of yourself isn't good. That's not what I'm saying. He- hear what I'm saying, not what yeah. I'm not saying. But I think that's a that's the pressure that we feel is we, you know, we're in these relationships and it's like, gosh, this is this is so draining. Right. <laughs> and everything around us says, well, just stop. It's that easy. All you have yeah. to do is just stop that relationship. Get a better relationship. Yeah, everything everything in scripture is like God again. Like if I'm looking at the example of God loving me, how frustrating must it be to love me? Ask Julie. It's yeah. very frustrating, and God feels that ten thousand times more. And my relationship with God is consistent because yeah. God is consistent in my life. Yeah, it's, it's it's it really is back to what we've talked about the last two weeks in terms of bucket or river. Right. You know, whether you think you have a finite amount or God provides an unlimited amount, or at least a, 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 an amount far beyond what we think we have. Right. And then Chris's message a week ago about operating with a mindset of scarcity or, or um, uh, yeah, plenty. Gen- plenty, yeah, yeah. generosity that, yeah. that um, you, yep. you just keep giving. Um, I know that's hard. I know that's hard. Um, but again, I think if I, if I think about my own life in ministry, hmm. um, when I'm spent, God oftentimes does His best work. Hmm. When when I feel like all my resources are gone, yeah, and He comes in and, and works in that in that uh, emptiness. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's cool too. Um, we're really we're really circling around this. And I think it's a good thing because I, I think it's good to look at Jesus and see that Jesus felt those frustrations right. too. <laughs> That you can see yeah. how he talks about the disciples of how long have I been with you and you still don't understand. Yeah. And so you see these moments where Jesus feels that sense of frustration or discouragement or whatever word we want to use. And that's okay. That's not like you're a bad Jesus follower because you're frustrated and you're like, oh, now I have to go yeah. and pray enough to remove my guilt from them. No, 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 no. It's, Jesus felt that too. That's a normal thing. And how we respond out of that I think is indicative of our relationship with Jesus. Am I going to love like Jesus, even though this is so frustrating? Yeah. Uh, Complete tangent. Um, But it's remarkable to me that the gospel writers don't talk more about Jesus' eyes. Because I think so many times Jesus had to go, what? Are you kidding me? I just know, pray for thunder um, to yeah. rain down on those people. You you want to be my right hand, my left hand? What are you thinking? Um, and and other times when people screwed up, that his eyes were just full of compassion for him. Yeah. Um, and um, yep. and he didn't have to say anything because yeah. because his love for them just just oozed out. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, love that. Um. Next question, Rick. D- does North Point care about young adults? Not at all. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll skip that question. <laughs> no, we got a question um, submitted. Uh, someone asked, "Do we have a specific ministry aimed at equipping and reaching out to young adults? How are we at North Point being intentional at investing in recent graduates, college-aged students, young adults? Who cares about these people?" That's a great question, and it and it's. It really probably is a bigger question than just young adults, right. in that um, 
when you know when somebody says, "Does the church care about X Y Z? Does the church care about single moms? Does the church care about about recent graduates?" Um, it's the the great question in that is, okay, who's the church? Because hmm. um, the building doesn't care particularly. <laughs> we you know, asked. Knock, knock, knock. Yes, the building cares about them. Um, so it really is, um, I, I'm, I'm not being fully facetious in that. Right. In, in that, um, for whoever wrote the question, to say, yeah, we care, but we can only do what we can do. I, you know, I as a leader, I can only do what I can do, hmm. and and we have um, we have a finite amount of resources that we can expend in different areas. But in terms of God's people, hmm. um, ministry can can happen that doesn't take money, that doesn't take organizational structure to say, um, oh yeah. We want to help that happen. What's that look like? Can you invite? Can you invite a recent co- college graduate to your house for dinner? Uh, again, you go. You go back to the invest thing. Mm-hmm. Can Can you invite several of their friends? Can you figure out a way to do something with them? Uh, to go jump out of an airplane together, or whatever. To To begin to invest in the lives of those people. Um, we don't have to have an organizational structure to help make right. that happen. Sometimes that makes it easier. Sometimes it doesn't make it as good as if it's organic. Right. And so the the challenge for all of us in whatever area that is, is when when you feel that nudge from God, man, respond and figure out, okay, how can I be the answer to, yeah. to this uh, to this question? Yeah. Yeah. I think for, if, if I can have story time. Yeah. Have a story time yes. With Rick, story time with Mark. Story time with Mark. Uh, at our last church that we were at, so before I came to North Point, yeah. wasn't in, wasn't in full-time ministry, was just doing a work. guy. I worked at Spring Arbor University. Yeah. So yeah. there, that was my ministry. Um, and Julie and I have always had a heart for college kids because I love you college kids, but they're so dumb. <laughs> and I say that because I was and probably still am a very dumb person and was a very dumb college kid. Yeah. Um, but gosh, we just have a heart for college kids. Um, and so at our last church we were at, we talked to the pastors and said, hey, do you care if we just start like a young adult group where we just have young adults come hang out at our apartment? And yeah. we were in a small two-bedroom apartment, small living room, and we just hung out. We didn't have any official programming. <laughs> we just had candy and chips because they're college students. They can eat whatever. Yeah. Uh, and from that, that group still meets. Even though we left, they still hang out with each other. That ministry has kind of blossomed into its own thing at that church. And that, again, not patting ourselves on the back because we're not there anymore. So that's a right. Holy Spirit thing that God just yeah. took and grew because Julie and I cared about college kids. And so we said, you know what? The church doesn't have any official program for this. So we'll just invite kids over to our house and they'll hang out. And God took that and developed amazing relationships where these are like best friends now. They're sitting with each other in church. They still talk to us. Yeah. They still reach out to us. Um, and that just started because we cared. And yeah. We just hung out. Yeah. If, if, if I can connect that into yeah. um, yesterday's message when I talked about having the chance to go up to Higgins Lake mm. and and that was all about eating together the you know yeah. the conversation changes when you eat yep. it just gets easier but the part of the end result of that is um, there was a similar kind of question can North Point what could North Point do to help these two families that that are up in Higgins Lake and there right. just doesn't seem to be a body that's that that can that is is right 
for them. And, and they said, there's just not a body that is North Point culture up there. Right. Um, and, and initially, I think there was probably a question, oh, can we do a campus there? Can we, mm-hmm. can we provide organizational help for them? And as we talked that night, the, the, it really became clear, I think, as, as we were just talking and praying, that the next step for them is to just love on the people who are in their lives up there and see what God does with that, essentially to create a life group, to create a group yeah. of people that are hanging out, that are, that are pursuing Jesus in the same way. Yeah. And, and that's, that's true no matter what your subculture is. Yeah. Uh, you know, if, if that's um, people are, who are shooting guns with Chris, right. you know, that, that, right. that, that becomes a group. If it's a, people, a, a group of runners or a group of yep. whatever it is, um, people who do woodwork or who deer hunt or whatever. Um, uh, yeah. And so I would, I would, the encouragement that I feel in this question is it seems like if you're asking this question, you do care yeah. about young adults. You do care. And so the church cares. Adults. And so we care. <laughs> yeah. So I'd say if this is something like, man, you're passionate about this, talk talk to us about this. This yeah. is not something that we're like, hey, we don't have an official organizational ministry around this, so you're on your own. Best of luck. <laughs> yeah. We'll see you later. Like We're happy to we resource, love to talk encourage, yeah. um, and, and, and maybe potentially connect yeah. with some people. Yep. Yeah, so love the passion in that. Mm-hmm. Last question, mm-hmm. I think. Let me make sure I didn't miss anything. Yes, this is the last one. Um, what is the best way to lead family to Jesus? So I almost skipped to this question because you talked earlier about how how can you kind of shake up a relationship that's kind yeah. of that's all the same. You're just kind of doing the same things. And how do you kind of set a new foundation for a relationship and gosh with family that's so hard because you've been with them your whole life <laughs> like yeah. how do you how do you set a new foundation for your dad or for your brother who you've literally grown up with how do you lead that person to Jesus pray <laughs> invest and invite there it is <laughs> um i the i don't want to oversimplify cuz it cuz that's a great question it, is. it um i th- i think that there is uh, um an intentionality in terms of of really kind of creating opportunities hmm. in a family context. Um, it's it is really easy if you're doing lunch together with your family every Sunday. You kind of have a routine, hmm. and and you know that the conversation is not going to get too heavy or intense because everybody gets freaking out if that happens. So that's not (laughs) going to happen. If, if you're with your family on holidays, you kind of have a routine, you know, what's going to happen in that. And so you have to, you have to try and figure out a way to have a different kind of a conversation. Um, That could be, that, that could take the form of writing a letter to somebody in your family Hmm. that, um, that, that you just say, Hey, I want to I want to share something with you because it's so important to me, and it just never feels like we have a chance to talk about it. Yeah. Um. I I wrote a letter like that to one of my uncles when uh, he had a heart had had a heart attack, mm. and I thought he was going to die. And I I just wrote him a letter and said, "Man, I I care so much about you, and I want you to know Jesus." Um. He carried that letter with him for a long, long mm. time, and it really did open up. Um, it, it softened his heart in some cool ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so there's that kind of thing. There is, I, I think that there is um, uh, an opportunity for us in families. Sometimes the lines get drawn. You get in that routine, and and one of the ways that you shake it up is by being vulnerable. 
and and um, mm. and by sharing weakness or asking for help <clears throat> in a way that that um, that you never have before, inviting inviting people in, and that it's in that context that God begins to work. Um, so that that's, it's a great question. Yeah. Um, and and again, I wouldn't. I would just remind you to be faithful in that. Um, my grandfather um, gave his life to Jesus just a week or 10 days before he died. He was an alcoholic and oftentimes was a scoundrel. Um, um, the, um, but my mom, I know, prayed for him. Well, his wife prayed for him until the day she died. He lived another 30 years, and I know my mom and my aunts prayed for him probably daily for 65 years. Yeah. Wow. And then a week before, a week before he dies, he says, yeah, I want, I want to give my life to Jesus. Um, that, that level of faithfulness, man, over 60 years, there's a whole ton of time in there where you say, nothing's happening. Yeah. Um, God can see things that we can't. Yep. And so we just need to be faithful yeah. in that. Yeah. I think in terms of the, the base level question of how do I, how do I reach family? I think that recognizing family routines is important. And then I would, I would interject into that. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over right. again and expecting different results. Right. So expecting that, hey, I'm just going to, we're just going to keep doing the same thing as a family and expect that. And, and God can do that. Yeah. And I think it's worth thinking through, yeah, opportunities to be vulnerable, to do things that are just enough out of the norm for the family to have people stop and think like, well, that was different. Yeah. We should do that again. And that's okay. Yeah. And then the thing to not change, like you said, is the faithfulness aspect of, you know, Praying. how you invest might yeah. look different, but that, yeah. that consistent faithfulness that we have modeled from Jesus is how we love other people. And there's times where it's like, gosh, I just want to stop loving you. Yeah. <laughs> but... We don't. I, you know, um, it it was funny in working on last week's message. Um, twice last week, I had to go up to the to the lake to our cottage, and uh, we put the docks in one day, put the boats in another day. Yep. And while I was up there, it's just such a great place when no one is there. You know, when it's not <laughs> summer, it's just so quiet and peaceful. Yeah. But um, my family has been going to the to this property for well since before I was born hmm. so for more than 65 years and um not that I'm 65 um, but <laughs> somewhere 65 67 somewhere in there um and while I was there and the and I was I had been working on the sermon and the whole concept of come and see was on my mind and and I just really thought about all of the times that we have sat out on the lawn we're on the east side of the lake and watched the sunset and it's been spectacular, mm. you know, just, yeah, just more beautiful than anything that you that that you can imagine. And whenever that happens, there really is this sense of somebody running in the cottage and saying, "You've got to come look at this. This is yeah. incredible." And you know what happens? Sometimes people come out and just enjoy it together. You know, just in in quietness, just yeah. watch the colors move. And sometimes they go in and say, you've got to come watch this. You've got to see it. And somebody will say, oh, yeah, it's a sunset. <laughs> I've seen it. <laughs> and, and keep playing cards or doing whatever. Yeah. Been, been there, done that, that kind of thing. Um, the compelling part of that 
is the person who says, you've got to come see this. This is, this is incredible. And, and that's the part for me. Mm. When we recognize what Jesus is doing in our life, we can choose to say, oh, yeah, yeah, Jesus is working. No, no big deal. Right. Um, yeah, I prayed for this, and God provided. Yeah, no big deal. Or we can, we can with some sense of awareness <laughs> of who God is and who we are, communicate to people, man, I don't understand this, but you, you've you just got to see what's been happening. Yeah. Um, and that, that, that really is that context yeah. of, of, um, of Philip saying to Nathaniel, yeah. come and see. You've, you've got to come and see. The woman at the well saying, come and see this man who's told me everything, uh, every, everything I ever did. Yeah. Come and see him. Um, that's, that is that, um, sense of urgency mm. and that sense of um, passion that's there. Right. That's, uh, God's doing something incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I think, yeah, that's, that's the biggest thing is uh, you talked about in your message, like how easy it is for us to talk about favorite sports teams or favorite hobbies, or favorite things. Yeah. And this, of, of course, this is just the yeah. natural, why wouldn't I want someone to come and see Jesus? Right. Most natural thing in the world. Yeah. Love that. Uh, that's all we have for the questions. Is there anything you want to leave people with for uh, who cares and pie? Uh, <laughs> well, if anybody wants to bring pie to my house. Well, uh, we yeah. got nard last time we talked about something. So. <laughs> it has to be gluten-free crust, though. Gluten-free uh, otherwise, pie. I can't eat it. Um, the, I'll take uh, care of that. The, uh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, Mark will take it off. On your behalf, I'll take care um, No, I, 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 I think that there's something really powerful in that concept. Yeah. Um, Maybe the object that you have on your desk or on your the picture is a piece of pie. Yeah. <laughs> um, that'll be a good conversation starter. Yep. Um, mm. Pi r squared. Uh, <laughs> good stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for the questions. It's great yeah. questions. Good stuff to wrestle with. Good stuff to talk through. Um, keep the conversation going. Feel free to uh, comment, to share, to like, subscribe, um, send us messages. Do all that. Submit more questions. You can submit those throughout the week. We take a look at those. We try to answer them in the podcast. So thanks so much for your time. Rick, thanks for your time. One, one last thing. I, I had a conversation Sunday night with somebody who has been watching the podcast, and, um, and I had no idea that they were watching. If you get a chance, let us know that. Just shoot us a text or an email or whatever that says, really liking the podcast or... Yeah, the podcast is okay. Yeah, uh, that's, that's <laughs> that, that. It really is an encouragement to us that the time we spend on this matters. So yeah, thanks. Yeah, I was yeah. just going to say that. So yeah, thanks for tuning in. We really, really do appreciate it. This is like the most fun. This is my favorite yeah. thing that I get to do during the week is, yep. is record this because it's, it's just a blast. So yep. Rick, thanks for your time. Thanks for submitting questions, and we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>